Hey everyone, Chris Wan here. This is Accent Out Loud, a podcast about one person's take on English language learning, accent modification, and communication. What's up, everyone? This is going to be episode 26. Accents out loud. We're going to talk a little bit about my latest. We're going to talk a little bit about my latest newsletter report. October thirtieth. Today is October thirty-first. Happy Halloween, everyone. Hope everyone has a great time out. If you're going out, if you have kids, enjoy it. If you are playing it cool, if you're at home, hopefully you enjoy handing out gifts, candies, seeing the kids dress up. If not. Turning off the lights, having a chill night, whatever your stick, hope you're enjoying it. We're going to talk about a few things today, and it's going to be a little bit of a different podcast style. I'm going to try and edit it a bit differently so that it's a bit more uh, change of pace, it's a bit more engaging. First things first, for Journal Club, we're going to talk about an article that I found from 2014. It's from Su Hyun Jin and Chang Liu. It's a article from 2014 that took a look at how non-native English speakers are taking and applying English, American English vowels and consonants. The idea is there's a ton of international students who come to the States to study. During a year's block of studying, how, how, how do they stack or how do they compare uh, when evaluated by a third party? And what they're finding is a lot of times it's not the consonants, it's the vowels that are different. I think a lot of times clients that I see, they first off have a hard time exactly identifying what is different between their speech and a native English speaker. Secondly, if they do notice something, they are tending to gravitate towards consonants. So I'm talking the S sound isn't the same, the TH sound isn't the same, the F sound isn't the same, consonants. They're not really talking about the vowels, right? A, E, I, O, U, sometimes Y. That's what we think of as vowels. But there's actually different vowel sounds that you can be making, even with it, if it's an A, if it's an O, if it's an I, if it's an E, you can still get different sounds. So for example, let's say P-A-D, right? That A sound, pad, ad. If you flip it and you see the word W-A-N-T, want, want, that A sound in both of those, a and ah, they're different vowel sounds, even though the letter representation is the same, A. So the research came out that there's actually a bigger role and bigger importance on vowel production and accurate vowel mimicking for international students. And it's something that I don't think that there's a deliberate or conscious push for international students to learn. So your takeaway from this is focus more on that. Focus more on the vowels, specifically vowel production in sentences, in uh, functional phrases that you're saying, right? Record yourself, record a, a native English speaker, compare the two, 
and pay attention more to the vowels. That's the takeaway from this one. Thoughtful quote. This one's gonna be Halloween themed because today is Halloween. And it actually comes from Ava Delaria. I think it's either Ava or Ava. Uh, I don't know how she pronounces it, but one of the two. And the quote is, on Halloween, you get to become anything that you want to be. And I think that's an awesome idea. You get to dress up, you get to make pretend, nobody knows who you are, you're wearing a mask, you get to put on this persona, this character, this, this image of what you want to be. And you get to put that out in the world, make it true for one night, make it real for one night. But the flip side to that and why I thought this was an interesting quote is, why can't we do that every night? Why can't we do that every night? There's a, or every day. I think it's interesting that this one day celebration almost has a liberating effect that you get to pretend, you get to try, you get to experiment, you get to act different, but then you go back to your daily life. And the idea that I have in my mind that, I mean, I try to live by it. I'm not the greatest, but it's something I'm trying to do is do what I want every day. Act the way I want every day. Be experimental. Try something different. It's not, it's not something that I have to lock it in that this is the way I'm going to be, but you get to try and experiment. And that's sort of the way that I think of accents, word pronunciation. Try a different way. Try to make a silly sound. Try to explore your mouth more and move that those lips, that tongue, that voice. Try and make it come from the front of your mouth. Try to make it come from the back of your mouth. How does that sound? How does that sound different? Does it sound clearer? Get feedback from somebody. But the whole point is to practice, to explore, to be experimental. And I think Halloween is a good single day manifestation of that where you get to put on a mask, pretend to be something you're not, or try something different and everyone accepts it. So why can't we accept that on a daily basis? The next one, vocabulary word. I picked the word ghoul, generally a word that I'd qualify or associate with Halloween. It's an evil spirit, phantom. Apparently something that's supposed to rob graves and feed on dead bodies, basically. I don't know, a zombie-like creature, monster. And I think it's an interesting word because if you've never heard the word before and you've never associated it with the spelling, you might not get ghoul out of it for pronunciation. The way that you can think of it is ghoul, ghoul, two syllables, ghoul, ghoul. It's interesting because it almost, the O-U-L, might be, if you're reading it just off the top of your head and you're trying to pronounce it, you might think ol, like soul, ol. You might still get gh, g, like ghost, but you might think goal, but it's ghoul. And in these cases, learning, I mean, ghoul is not a word you're going to use on a daily basis. It's, it's not something that you're going to say much, but learning the culture of the area that you're in 
is going to be helpful for integration, for communication, for picking up culture, picking up language. And then you know what other people are talking about, right? In North America, Halloween's a big thing. People dress up. I'm not sure if it's as big of a thing in the UK, in Britain. Uh, I think they, they also celebrate like Guy Fawkes Day, but I'm not quite sure if Halloween is as big as it is in North America. So it really depends. Um, but use this opportunity. Practice your language, right? You're, as an adult, if you have a house, if you have a community that celebrates Halloween, you're going to get the doorbell, your doorbell rang like a bajillion times. And you're going to have to say, Halloween, happy Halloween, trick or treat. Use that as an opportunity to practice words, practice greetings, practice whatever you can because you're gonna get a bunch of native English speakers, even if they're kids, parents, you're gonna get that time to actually practice a certain pronunciation. If you're working on your TH, you could say thanks, right? Or if you're working on your S sound, scary, that's so scary. You can use these as opportunities, functional opportunities to practice. So don't let a day by, don't let an opportunity slip by, Use it. Next one, we're talking tech finds. Now for me, I'm gonna call this a tech find. I don't think it's revolutionary or anything like that, but I've started using Twitter. And for me, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how people react, see, how pe see what people are talking about. And one of the things I've started doing is just searching accent modification, learning English, pronunciation, those kind of words into Twitter and seeing what pops up. And one of the things that I find bizarre, different, interesting, cool, is the idea that celebrities, non-native English speaking celebrities, are, got, are getting a lot of positive feedback with snippets of their English communication. Even if it's obvious or it's clear or it's um, noticeable that their English is not, their English pronunciation is not at the level of a native English speaker. Now, growing up, I felt that learning English Noticing somebody who doesn't quite have a native English pronunciation, they got ridiculed, they got bullied, they got made fun of. Even as a native English speaker myself, like noticing these things, it's a vastly different way of looking at it than I'm seeing now on Twitter. And I'm not sure if it's specific to the fan base, but I've noticed a lot of Korean pop stars and clips of Korean pop stars saying a few words in English and a lot of the comments are actually like, oh, his English is so cute, he's adorable, it's inspiring. And I don't know what else to say, but think it's such a positive spin on English learning, non-native English speaking, and hopefully this has rippling effects to the rest of culture and the rest of society, not just for pop stars, that learning English and having it be a second language 
is not debilitating, it's not negative, it's something they're working on, and it should be positively recognized. So I'm gonna try and find some more interesting things on Twitter. I'll keep you guys posted if anything else is like that, but I think it's such a great positive vibe that I wanna make apparent in the world because there is so much out there already that's so negative. There's, I mean, there's a, there's a viral video out now, right now in Burnaby, BC, uh, Canada, where some Caucasian lady is basically yelling at a non-native English speaking person and yelling basically speak English in Canada. And it's going viral on the internet. It's going viral on Twitter. But yeah, there's so much negativity in the world. It's just awesome and great to see people reacting positively to somebody who's learning English, who's trying to communicate in English and not, not have it be a negative experience. So putting my positive vibes out there, hoping for more. I'm going to go look for it on Twitter. Next one. Last but not least, message mishap. So for this one, I'm going to spin it. We're not talking about pronunciation. We're not talking about speech this time. We're talking about communication as a whole. And one of the aspects that I think is neglected at times is the idea of nonverbal gestures, eye contact, listener participation in your environment that can all contribute to your overall communicative success. So I think a lot of times when people come in, work with me, or even talk to me about accent modification, communication, there's so much focus on the way that I sound does not sound like a native English speaker. But there's a lot of nuances to communication in English that don't necessarily get picked up or noticed by non-native English speakers. They sort of tunnel vision into this idea that it's the pronunciation and the pronunciation only that's the problem or that's the difference. And I want to come on the record and say there's a lot that you can do that is pronunciation and there's a lot that you can do that isn't pronunciation. And one of the things that you can do on the non-pronunciation front is use good nonverbal gestures. When you're looking at a person and you're communicating and they're making eye contact with you, you have their undivided attention. When you're pointing at something, showing some flow, like let's say for a presentation, you're pointing at what you're talking about, you're pointing at a graph, you're pointing at pictures, that's also communicating Look at these things. Look at this bar that's higher than that bar. Look at this graph where the arrows are going trending upwards. Those are all non-verbal gestures, things that you're doing that are supporting your verbal expression, supporting what you're saying. And that is helpful. Let's say, for example, you're saying the word Yes, but maybe you, you're Mexican or you're trying to communicate and you keep saying yes, yes, right? You're, you're replacing it with a J sound. If I nod my head, it's a hell of a lot easier and the context is a lot more clear for anyone listening. They can hear yes 
and you nod your head and people will infer, oh, they mean yes. Now, I want you to extrapolate that and put that onto other contexts. If you can point, if you can show actions as you're saying something, as you are making eye contact, as you are asking them questions to make sure that they're understanding, if you can preemptively think about all these things, use nonverbal gestures to communicate and support your, your speech, then you're a hell of a lot closer to communicating your, your message effectively than somebody who solely relies on their verbal expression. So I wanted to insert this idea into people's minds so that you actually start paying attention to what other things a native English speaker is doing because they might be doing it so unconsciously. They might naturally be using their hands to gesture, to engage. They might naturally be showing facial expressions that communicate emotions so you can read the nuances of a, of a saying. They're not just relying on the speech. If I said I'm fine, but there's tears running down my face, clearly something is being communicated differently than if you just comprehended the the speech and was able to grasp the content, I'm fine. Oh, he said he's fine, that's, that's it. But if you see me bawling my eyes out while trying to get out the words, I'm fine, it makes a huge difference. So there's things that can be addressed non-verbally, gestures not speech related that can ultimately help make your message clearer. Thinking about it is important. Consciously dealing with it, consciously attacking these things is important, right? The devil is in the details. It's important to make sure that you're considering all these things when you're delivering your speech, when you're delivering your presentation, when you're delivering your pitch, right? If you want to sell somebody on it, you have to look pumped. You have to be engaged. You have to look energetic. You have to look excited. You have to look happy because all of these things are gonna to communicate to the listener. If you look like you're sad, if you look tired, if you look unconvinced, then they're gonna read that from you. So it doesn't matter what you say, they're gonna pick up this person doesn't actually care. So bottom line, think about more than just the pronunciation. Yes, pronunciation is one part of it. Yes, pronunciation can make your communication clearer, but it's not the only thing. That's it. Happy Halloween, everyone, once again. Hope you have a lovely time with friends, family, just spending the night. Hopefully nobody gets a tummy ache from all the candy, and see you in the next one. If you like what you're hearing, or even if you aren't, let me know. I know this podcast can be something great and educational for a lot of people. I'm here to listen, so give me your take, your likes, your dislikes, and maybe we can make this into something that'll help a lot of people. Leave a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Once I figure out how to read the reviews, I'm sure it'll help.